0: Hometown Ghost Stories contains serious and often distressing events and is not intended for all audiences. Listener discretion is advised. Jenny was wandering the cemetery checking out the final resting spots for many of her favorite stars. As she walked down one of the pathways, a woman caught her eye. She was wearing all black with a black veil and was walking with a single red rose. Her eyes followed the woman as she almost glided towards her destination. It seemed as if this woman in black was on a mission as she didn't acknowledge anything around her. Suddenly, she stopped and knelt at a grave. It struck Jenny that this was the grave of Rudolph Valentino, one she had just visited a short time before. Feeling drawn to the woman, Jenny began to walk back to get a closer look. She began to hear sobbing as she slowly got closer to the woman. A loud crack from her left side made Jenny spin quickly to see what happened. A branch snapping from a tree was to blame. She quickly remembered what she was doing and turned back towards the grave. The woman was gone. There wasn't enough time for her to get anywhere without being seen. How did this woman disappear? Jenny walked over to the grave, and there was a single rose with a note next to it. To my love Rudolph, one day we'll be together again with a kiss underneath. I'm Rob Coakley, and this is Hometown Ghost Stories, Celebrity Hauntings, Rudolph Valentino. Hey guys, so today we are going to be talking about Rudolph Valentino. Rudolph Valentino was born on May 6, 1895, in Italy. And I would give you his full name, but that would pretty much take up the rest of my time, so we're gonna skip that for now. From an early age, girls would swoon over him because of his looks and men would hate him. And this would be a repeating theme throughout his entire life. And this dynamic even spilled over to his parents, where his mother would coddle him, and his father resented him. In 1913, at the age of 18, he would head over to America. Now, things weren't so easy for him in the beginning, and he would just take odd jobs to get by. Eventually, he would become a taxi dancer, though. What a taxi dancer was, basically, was somebody that was hired to be a dancing partner for somebody else. And through this line of work, he would start to travel the country, and this eventually would lead him to going to Los Angeles. Now, once he got to Los Angeles, he would begin looking for movie roles, and... It wouldn't take him too long to find some as he was cast as an extra right away. The problem for him though, is that his looks were so opposite of what the normal American movie star looked like. He had these dark complexion, these dark features, and he would always get cast as a villain in the beginning of his movie career. Now, as he climbed up the ranks throughout acting, this would change when he filmed the movie, The Four Horsemen of the Apocalypse. Now this movie is pretty notable because it's one of the first movies to ever eclipse making $1 million at the box office. And after this movie came out, he would go on to star in the movie The Sheik. And by this point, he would go on to become the first ever sex symbol in Hollywood. And many would refer to him as... The Latin Lover. Now throughout the rest of his short life he would go on to star in many more movies. But unfortunately on August 15th 1926 Valentino would collapse at the Hotel Ambassador in Manhattan. He was originally diagnosed with appendicitis and gastric ulcers. And upon making it to the hospital they would perform surgery on him immediately. Now the condition that he actually had would become known as Valentino syndrome. Which is perforated ulcers that mimic the symptoms of appendicitis. Now after the surgery the doctors were pretty optimistic about his chances of survival. However he would relapse and the condition would very quickly deteriorate his left lung and on top of this he also contracted sepsis and then on August 23rd he would slip into a coma and die a few short hours later. 100,000 people would attend his funeral. While at the funeral Polish actress Pola Negri who claimed to be his fiancee would collapse in hysterics while standing over the casket. His body would be sent to California from New York by train where he would be laid to rest in the Hollywood Forever Cemetery. And since Rudolph's passing, his ghost has been seen in many, many locations. I'm gonna hit on a few here, and then during the discussion portion, we'll talk about a few more of these places. Now the home called Falcon's Lair is a former mansion in Los Angeles that was owned by Rudolph Valentino. And it would eventually become the home of Doris Duke. So if you go back and listen to the Newport, Rhode Island episode, can hear all about her and some circumstances that surrounded herself. Doors opening and closing on their own would happen at Falcon's lair, and on top of that, it wouldn't be the only ghostly activity. His spirit was often seen wandering the hallways, and in the beginning, his dogs still lived at the home, and upon seeing the spirit of their master, they wouldn't react weird. They would react like their master was finally home, which is something that I don't think we've heard yet, so that's a pretty interesting little tidbit. Actor Harry Carey was unable to keep staff on at the mansion when he owned it as they would leave as soon as they started working there because of all the hauntings. Actress Millicent Rogers stayed at the house one evening and would leave the very next morning stating that she was so scared she would never return to the house again. Now, unfortunately, the main house was torn down in 2006 and the only buildings left on the property are the stables and a three-car garage that was transformed into a guest house. In the stables, though, it is said that Rudolph Valentino's ghost can often be seen petting one of his prized horses. And speaking of pets, his dog K-Bar is buried in the LA Pet Cemetery, and he's often seen running around on the premises, and it is said that he licks people's hands, and when they look down, there's nothing there. And much like his dog, Valentino now haunts the cemetery that he resides in today. He's frequently been seen walking around the grounds, and he's also always been seen heading towards Paramount Studios, which is right adjacent to the cemetery. Now, although he never worked at this particular studio, perhaps the lure of the camera still brings him over to that studio. Some would say that the weirdest thing that happens in regards to Rudolph Valentino in the cemetery is the lady in black. Every year on August 23rd, the date of his death, a woman in all black clothing with a heavy black veil will show up to the cemetery with a single red rose and place it at his grave. Now throughout the years, this has become a tradition and now many women show up dressed in all black with a heavy black veil with a single red rose and place it at his grave. And it's almost been a hundred years since he's been dead. And although it's almost a hundred years after his death, what this shows is that Valentino's memory and his spirit are likely to live on for quite some time and if you have a celebrity ghost you want to see us cover why don't you leave that in the comments but for now don't go anywhere be sure to stick around and listen to myself jesse and dave talk about the ghost of rudolph valentino
1: what's going on ladies and gentlemen welcome to hometown ghost stories celebrity haunting today we are covering the ghost of rudolph valentino i'm jesse wilkins i'm joined
0: by rob coakley hello rob i'm not dressing up in a black veil when dave dies and visiting his grave and leaving him a rose it's just not happening also joined by dave hello dave
1: what's going on rob you'd make a wonderful lady in black so (laughs) it's a shame i
0: appreciate it i appreciate it i'll take that as a compliment it was a compliment
1: thanks so this is the ghost of Rudolph Valentino. Um, I had no idea who he was until you said you were covering his episode. So goes to show how much I know about Rudolph Valentino, but I've done my reading, so I am ready for this episode. Um,
0: he, tell us about Rudolph. well, he's one. I mean, as I said in the in the pre-recorded part, he was like the first sex symbol in Hollywood, right? And he comes through, and he is the complete opposite of the normal movie star. You know, it's the fair complexion, blonde hair, rough and tumble cowboy guy that is usually the hero in these stories. And like the people that they want to cast as the hero, the, the main type of actor that was being seen at the time, because that is what the image of America was at the time. And here comes Rudolph Valentino, who's a little bit darker complexion. He has the dark slicked back hair, um, a little more feminine looking in terms of the day and women loved him, but men supposedly hated him, but his look became very copied in the time because of how much attention he was getting from the women. So it's one of those things where we see this throughout history, right? Like men hated Elvis, but they sure as hell dressed like Elvis because he was so popular with the women. Uh, our time frame. Growing up, the backstreet boys and ends in sync, women loved them, girls loved them. So, like, men made fun of them, but a lot of the guys would copy their style or their haircuts and stuff. So, he's one of the first people to really embody that image. And that's why he's known as the first, um, the first, uh, star like that yeah. sex symbol of Hollywood.
1: How should do the rest of the actors before him feel? They're like, well, <clears throat> nobody wanted to have sex with any of you, just him. <laughs> like, well, fuck us then, I suppose. Yeah, or not, or <laughs> not. <laughs> None of us. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I could see that, and in, in, in you're right with this whole. It's, it's just how trends start. Is is right? You see celebrities doing it, so like, oh, I'll, I'll do that. And you get that with, and the the whole like dressing kind of feminine thing. I mean, you get that all across. 80s hair bands and, and rock and roll bands and everything like that, where, you know, they, they're, you know, look at Steven Tyler. I mean, the, the, these people, they they dress literally in women's clothing and, and it catches on. You get, uh, you know, look at Dave. He wears women's clothing all the time.
0: Yes. Uh, yeah, so that that's who he was. He was one of the first ones like this and he became this gigantic movie star. But his journey to come over here itself was pretty... Amazing. You know, his his father pretty much couldn't stand him because of the attention he would get from his mother. His mother was very, very coddling of him, is is how it's described. But at 18, he moves over to America on his own. He has no skills really. So he's doing like odd jobs working in stores and stuff. His one skill was dancing. And he had this striking feature. So he would go and be this taxi dancer, which I had heard of Rudolph Valentino, but I had never heard of Taxi Dancers until kind of diving into this episode a little bit where and it it wasn't like frowned upon. There was members of like of royal families that were over here. And this is kind of how we get to start. I I couldn't get into this entire story in the pre-recorded part, but one of some of these other Taxi Dancers are these heiresses to royal families, which is crazy. And he becomes friends with them, and that's how he gets his start. He gets his his little bit of backing from them, and he starts traveling doing this dancing and ends up in Hollywood. It's a little more convoluted than that, but we don't really want to like dive deep, deep into it. But I highly suggest going and at least reading a little bit of the backstory of his journey to Hollywood.
1: There are some crazy stories about, you know, his stardom and how people became obsessed with him. And there are even more crazy stories about when he died. So yes, he died in 1926. He's only 31, 31 years old. Um, There were two girls in Japan who jumped into a volcano (laughs) Uh. as a means to avoid living in a Valentino less world. If only they knew that that it wasn't the Valentino this world. He was like the most prolific ghost on in the Western Hemisphere.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That's it's it's true. We're going to get into that. There were there were several suicides. There were two
1: people who tried to commit suicide um, right in front of the hotel when they found out that he died. Right, and then there was another young kid who committed suicide, like surrounded by all of his Rudolph uh, Valentino memorabilia. I think that just stars were like held like much higher. In much higher regard back then because i mean like you don't get that anymore i mean that i know of really i mean i mean i consider myself as more of a pragmatist i wouldn't commit suicide for any reason um but definitely not to because a celebrity died you know i can't i can't even begin to fathom that and i i mean i assume obviously there's like there's got to be like mental health things on you know underlying there too but um uh, to me that's just it's just i just feel like you don't feel like I feel like you don't see people held to that high. Um,
0: well, that era kind of feels as though it went out after the '80s. I feel like the last, the last little glimmer of that was pretty much Madonna, Prince, Michael Jackson in terms of like music stars. Madonna's mm. alive. I understand, but like I'm saying, <laughs> like that level of star, that level that of, of star. Okay. Yeah, that people level of stardom, are being idolized. Right, it, and it just. I don't think anyone, I mean, we had our Britney Spears and our Christina Aguilera's and stuff in the 90s, but I don't think anything ever really hit the level of like those three did in the 80s. No,
1: we touched on this on the Marilyn Monroe episode was that there's these Hollywood celebrities were held to a a whole different level of celebrity than they are now, right? Where it's, yes, we have our celebrities. We certainly have plenty of celebrities with millions of fans for sure. But there's also other sorts of celebrities now. It's not just Hollywood, it's right athletes, it's YouTubers, it's it's us, you know. It's social yeah. media. That's the reason.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, social media has changed the game. Yeah. So they're the people they're, they're so more many different pockets now. now. You, yeah, see, you, know,
1: you see them in their everyday life every day, you know. There's not like you just see them on the, the big screen and on the red carpet. Now you see them every day. Which is them. a good point. You see their faults. Yeah. yeah. I just, right. I don't think you're going to see anyone jump in a volcano if Jake Paul goes, you know? Maybe. Hopefully not. It's a rough way to go. I can't think of a worse way. I mean, yeah. there's plenty of terrible ways to commit suicide. I'm not trying to make light of any sort of suicide things, but jumping into a volcano is friggin' wild. That's yeah. the most exciting way. I, I,
0: exciting? Like painful. That's, what, is what yeah, that's I one there. way to put it. <laughs> yeah, painful sounds. Um, not to go off on a tangent, did you ever see the photographer that was – god was it mount washington am i right on that or is it, it it's some volcano not washington is not a volcano sorry i, <laughs> I, I, for, <laughs> I was like wait what i thought it was, was um I, that, but i was like it, no no you're saying it's, something different it's right? so it's so late that i can't even remember <laughs> i don't know why mount washington's what popped into my head um great for skiing some, watch out for the volcano <laughs> uh, you want to get off the ski lift before it gets all the way to the it might have been in washington state i i digress anyways Whatever. Um, this photographer, he was photographing this volcano and he actually got stuck and he knew that he wasn't going to make it. So what he did was he took photos in, like you can go find these photos of the lava coming at him. And then he did everything he could to preserve his camera while he was dying. So it's like, it's, it's crazy. Um,
1: if you ever updated. look at those photos, I have an update for us. Do you? Mount Washington is a volcano. Thanks. Capped, feel- by, capped by a steep-sided central plug, the central edifice has not been active since the late. I don't care. I don't care to try to pronounce that word. Uh, basically, thirteen hundred years ago, it erupted. So, Mount Washington is in fact a volcano. Gosh, I am the what? smartest one on, on this. <laughs> I'm the smartest
0: one on this panel again. You definitely knew that. Yeah,
1: 100%. <laughs> It might have been I, one of those things I, I where, like, it. you did know that fact, but forgot. And then I, I, I knew I was in trouble when I typed in on Google. I typed on is Mount Washington. And the first thing that popped up, a volcano, I was like, oh, God, say it isn't true. <laughs> <laughs> well, I <It> should just <laughs> rolled with that. Nobody would have known. Mm. Um, back someone to our, someone uh, would have Googled it. So, some volcano expert would have weighed in yeah. on the chat. We, they would have gave us a two-star review on iTunes. Be like, well, actually, <laughs> I, know, I can't believe well, you guys <laughs> didn't know this. 1,300 years <laughs> ago, Mount <laughs> Washington was a volcano. And I'm an extensive jewelry collector. And by the way, the whole
0: Diamond. <laughs> Hyman... <laughs> what you guys don't understand is the only thing that we get negative comments on is these side these side content ones, because people find us just based on like either the celebrity or whatever weird thing they're into. <laughs> <that> we're covering <laughs> and because we don't go through a five hour tangent on like literally everything they go in, they leave us like a three-star or a two-star review. And like, actually you forgot this, this, and this is like, dude, we are a ghost show. We are covering the, the paranormal aspect of this. Please, please figure out what the show is. So please leave us a five-star review.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So, but to the point, I mean, this story did not come from Mount Washington because 1300 years ago is not when this story took place. Right. Whatever. Yes. Let's go back to Rudolph Valentino. Rudolph Valentino, before we get into the post uh, death things, Mm -hmm. uh, there's some stuff like, uh, like the circumstances around his death that I found particularly interesting. So he died from that what they thought was appendicitis, but was actually a ruptured ulcer. And that happened right around the time that there was this writer that was writing negative things about um, Valentino and he was mad. And he was like, I want to challenge him to a a boxing match. And uh, the guy was like, no, I'm not not boxing you. I'm a writer. I'm not. That's ridiculous. You're ridiculous. And uh, he was really mad about it. So he had his buddy, Jack Dempsey, who was a professional boxer at the time, um, set him up with... A, a writer named frank o'neill so it was basically a different writer it was a sports yeah. writer he just wanted to like take his aggression out on a writer so uh they set up this boxing match and they boxed each other and valentino kicked the crap out of him right he won he won the fight even though he was like smaller and not as muscular mm-hmm. and um he uh but he took he took some blows too and right after that he had checked into the hospital because he had that ruptured ulcer so mm this could have been the cause of it. And this is kind of like a Harry Houdini. story I was just going to say Houdini, right. Yeah. But, um, I thought that was interesting because that very well could have been the cause of his ruptured ulcer. I mean, they didn't really know that that could have caused that back then. So the initial reports say that, you know, punching my microphone as always, um, that, that was, that wasn't what it was, but looking back at it now, they can say that could have been the actual cause of why he died. Um, so you have to ask yourself, did he actually really win that fight?
0: That Over was, your years of, of
1: doing MMA and, and pum- puncturing <laughs> ulcers left and right, would you, would you say, uh, how big is your victim list, do you think?
0: Is Dan Santos still alive? <laughs> There's no way to know. <laughs> Name dropped. Poor victim.
1: <laughs> you guys a listener and he's probably like, oh my God, wait, me? I was the one, I was the one fight?
0: <laughs> <laughs> That's what we need to know that's that's what the people want to know he he took criticism very poorly by the way um there's a lot of things that i found fascinating about we're still talking about i thought he took it all right i'm talking talking about rudolph valentino um he got into a lot of fight with his directors uh he was really he was really passionate about being authentic with his movies so like if his movie was set in spain he would get like a promise that they were going to film in spain then he'd be like, they'd be like, nope, just kidding. We're doing it on a Hollywood back lot. And he would get irrationally angry. But I, I kind of understand because if you're looking for your movie to be authentic, like, and you were told you were going to go do this in Spain, then um, you'd want to do stuff like that. So he'd get into fight with directors and studios and stuff. He was on strike at one point from a studio because he wasn't getting paid nearly as much as some of their other stars. I like think was just ahead of his time. But like, we're yeah. not taking so every sp- I-
1: we we don't even have words in this movie and we're filming with one camera the entire time without (laughs) cutting. Like we have no budget to actually go to Spain.
0: We have a $300 budget buddy. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, he was trying to make the movies better. The, The funny thing too, is there are recordings of him because he did all silent movies. And I don't know if he would have transitioned into like the, as they were called at the time, the talkies. Because he did not, like, he couldn't nail, like, the accents or anything that he was trying to do for movies. The, he went and recorded one once, and it was released, and it's like, yeah, he was not good at it. But he's an actor. He could have probably learned. What do you if think that just, accent sounded like, Jesse? Uh,
1: if it ain't British, I ain't trying it. Um, <laughs> <clears throat> I mean, but, so that's okay, though. Because at the time, it's like, this isn't a, a thing that you had to practice. It was silent movies, right? Right, right. So exactly. Like, like He's not going to master a craft that he doesn't even know is going to be necessary.
0: Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, he might have been able to afterwards. Like, who knows if he had the time to practice and everything. Maybe he could have done it. But, it. but it did ruin the careers of some of these silent film stars. Once they had to start talking, they just, they couldn't transition over to that because their voices were weird or uh, the dialect didn't come out properly. They were hard to understand. There are instances of movie stars that it just it didn't translate it's all it was a whole new medium basically yeah i could see that yeah so um but he also had told people supposedly that he wanted to die young and we've heard this before i think it's a fear of perception when you're that famous and you're known for your looks and everything like that where some of these people like they're scared to go to to grow old. Now he didn't do anything to cause this himself on purpose. You know, maybe the boxing match had something to do with it, but he had told people like, I'd rather die young supposedly. Now this is all after the fact, right. From other people. It's not him telling us he said that, but other people, so it could be embellished, but um, yeah, I just wanted to bring that up as well.
1: You can see that as there's similarities between other superstars and, musicians like Tupac always made songs about dying young and everything and then sure enough he does so everyone's like ah it's a sign you know
0: mm-hmm.
1: well that also translates um right into the the plastic surgery craze
0: mm-hmm. they don't
1: want they don't want to be perceived as growing old so instead of dying right. young or wanting to die young they just botox the hell out of themselves and end up looking like what they look like
0: yeah sponges <laughs> <laughs> basically melted sponges, <laughs> hard potatoes. Hmm. Yeah. So, um, that's pretty much his life. I mean, there's way more to it, obviously. Again, please only leave us a two-star review because we we kind of just touched on the surface of Rudolph Valentino. <laughs> rolled over in his grave. He was like, "That's my life." <laughs> one boxing match and, and Botox sponge <laughs> <his face. laughs> Oh, and the fact that he starred in one of the all, the first movies to eclipse a million dollars, especially at that time, is pretty remarkable. Yeah, like was that was crazy. his first big hit, and the studio couldn't
1: still even, couldn't water. even couldn't even take him to Spain after.
0: They didn't even want to they didn't want to give him credit. They weren't even trying to put him in another movie at that point in time. They were like, it was a, it was like a, just a fluke basically that he was in this movie, but he proved them wrong because he became like the most marketable star in Hollywood. So, and we talked about this on other stuff where like movies that the studios weren't behind or actors that the studios weren't behind just always end up blowing up. Right. Like they just, it it goes nuclear. So, um, but yeah, look in if you if you're interested, because he is such a we're so far removed from him that I ha, I'm gonna be honest, I've never watched a Rudolph Valentino movie. I just knew of him. Um, and now I think I want to go back and at least watch one or two of his movies just to just just to say that I, you know, like just to get that culture of like seeing some of these silent films. Um we
1: watched a silent film once.
0: Yeah, me and Dave watched The Cabinet of Dr. Caligari. And it was actually, it's a horror movie. and it it's so creepy. It was really scary. Like, for a movie that was over, I think it was 100 years old the year that we watched it. Yep. Um, and it was scarier than a lot of the movies that come out today. And, it just has this different, like, it has this different creep factor. Because you're watching
1: something. You're watching a production where everybody involved is dead now. You know yep. what I mean? There's that. And then there's just, that? There's, this there's just whole something about that era. It's just like even the clips that you played, Rob, were scary to me. And mm-hmm. they probably weren't scary movies at all.
0: Right. Right. Um, and the funeral was the actual funeral footage that I found. And let's put that into perspective too. The amount of people that showed up to his to his funeral was a hundred thousand people in the nineteen twenties. Like that is. That's like most of the people. <laughs> that's like that's like everybody. <laughs> the entire country showed up to his to his channel right? Entire country. Uh, <laughs> shout out to Ruta Valentino. Yeah, that, but the, even the news was in um was with the subtitles because it was still silent pictures. Like you saw like towards the beginning of one of the clips on that. Yeah, you include so. the actual audio. Yeah, exactly. All <laughs> <That's laughs> oh, the actual audio was included in that. <laughs> <laughs> and, and the acting is different in that day, too. I think that's also what makes it a little bit scarier, especially like the horror movies that we watch, because the acting has to be done with the body. You can't express anything verbally. So these actors are are very much more animated than some of the ones today. And a, an actor that that goes back and watches this and it's kind of funny to us now, but Nicolas Cage He says that he went back and watched a bunch of silent film stars because the acting that they did was so different than the actors today because they are, and you can see it because he's always doing this and I'm going crazy, A, B, C, D, E, F, G, and he's just going nuts, right? So like, I mean, that alphabet scene kills me every time I see it where he's just, he's just like, oh, I'm N-O-P, and he's just like a fucking Muppet, (laughs) like he's got two strings on him and he's just going like that, so um the audio listeners are gonna have no idea what i'm doing but i'm kind of flailing around everywhere as i talk uh but yeah so you see it from that for, and the, for the
1: audio listeners if you want to if you want to put it in, into perspective rob was if you took a marionette puppet and just vigorously <laughs> shook if you it had hard a seizure while, while controlling <laughs> it that's what you would have seen rob doing Let's jump into something. Let's jump into Oh, sorry. You finished your point.
0: Uh, and I just want to, and so it's all that and it's facial expressions. Like they had to really nail facial expressions to, because they couldn't say what they were feeling. They had to show. Can, it. You, can you show us some of those too? I can't, I cannot. You're on a, you're on a fucking roll right now. Let's <laughs> um, no, no. <laughs> I, I already did the uh, the acting out. I'm very, you did, yeah, you did. You I'm did very more than sweaty. enough. Exhausted, yeah. <laughs> I'm exhausted. I'm exhausted.
1: <laughs> Let's jump into some of the ghost stories. So uh, you touched on a couple of the places that he uh, supposedly haunts,
0: but there are more. I touched on the two that I think were the most likely from the ones that I read, which is one of his former homes. It was like one of his last ones, which is called Falcon's Lair, which is a great name for a house. Want to name it my sure house about that. Falcon. You don't think Falcon's Lair is a cool name for a house? That's a that's a cool name. Yeah, as soon as he said that, I was like, oh, nice. Yeah, yeah, it's great. What are you talking? And he named it. it They really. really If if I went to Falcon's
1: Lair and be like, let's see who lives in Falcon's Lair, and Rob walks out, I'd be so disappointed. I'd be like, I was expecting a falcon. They're just disappointed because he ran into Rob. I'd be disappointed if I walked (laughs) into it and it wasn't a
0: treehouse. Like "Mm, missed opportunity there. So that was one of the last houses that he owned and it was named, I think the movie was the Falcon or something with the title Falcon was a movie that he had just filmed or was filming was when he purchased Falcon, the house. Falcon Slayer. Mm, that the movie? No. Calling
1: it, calling it anything a lair is
0: like just, you want it Amazing. to be a creepy place. Yeah. yeah. So that, that seemed very likely, especially some of the stories that came out of there, like his apparition appearing and the dog seeing it and the dog's actually just getting happy. That was a cool, one. Yep. Like I haven't heard that before. That's a pretty cool story.
1: Yeah, we've and, heard about animals seeing ghosts and animals getting upset when they right. sense something close by, but rarely a dog getting a like like dad's home, you know, or yeah, or whatever. Might be like a top three favorite ghost story for me. That's a cool yeah, one. It's,
0: it's pretty cool and good old boy story. You have the good classics with it too that the staff would see it and would be they'd have to keep hiring new staff. And then actors and actresses that would just leave the house that were staying there because the, the actor Harry Carey owned it for a little bit. So his friends would come over and they would be like, Nope, not staying here ever again. Sorry, <laughs> this is terrifying. And then we go into the Newport one, which I had no idea to be honest with you until I started researching this. I'm like, Oh my God, this crosses over with one of our other episodes. Yeah. Uh, with, what's our name? Doris Duke. Doris Duke. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Um, it took me a minute to even put it together. I was like, "Who is Doris Duke?" And I'm like, "Oh my God, I knew I knew that name because mm-hmm. we just covered her." Yeah, <laughs> we the, broke that. We broke the news on
1: hometown ghost stories that the Rough Point Mansion was haunted by Doris Duke's ghost. Nobody knew right. this before we said this,
0: right? We're so, pioneers. Yes. So there's that. Um, unfortunately, the main house has been torn down. So it got into a state of disrepair after she died. And about two thousand and six, the main house was torn down. The stables are supposedly still there um as of the last update that I could find and there's a it used to be like a a garage, but it was a garage that was turned into a guest house that's you know it's a freaking mansion, so this is the things that they can do, so that's supposedly still there as well. Didn't see any hauntings in that particular building, mm-hmm. but it's sad that that's gone to ever go you know investigate so right.
1: So there are other locations that he's supposed to haunt. Uh, One of them is the Hudson Apartments in Hollywood, on Hollywood Boulevard. Uh, I guess he used to be involved in the operation of a speakeasy over there. And Mm -hmm. there's a pretty creepy story that was attached to it. Um, It was in 1988. Um, A woman heard someone someone else in her room breathing. Though she knew that she was alone, in moments somebody jumped into bed with her. And fearing the worst, she turned on the lights to find out that she was in fact still alone. So that's a pretty creepy one. Jumping and into the, bed is aggressive. The room was torn to pieces. Not uh, torn place. to pieces, like there was like like sheets and pillows all over the place. Oh, really? Okay, so you're reading a different account than uh, than I am. No, it's so. the same one. She was she woke up and she saw him on top, of getting intimate, and she freaked out, fell back to sleep, passed out, I guess, and then woke up to the room and bed sheets all over the place. To which I would say, I hope, she then filed a police report. Right. That sounds like it could have been more than just a ghost encounter. Sounds like
0: it might not have been a ghost. Right. So there's also the, so basically when he died, they were going to build a gigantic memorial for him and have him buried at this memorial. So they were building statues and stuff like that, where he was buried in Hollywood Forever Cemetery, um, which if you guys ever want to look up, I'll just name some of the names that are buried here, along with Rudolph Valentino. Uh, Mickey Rooney, Anton Yellick, the guy that was in the Star Trek movies that died. Is, uh, tragically. Madonna,
1: is Madonna buried there?
0: Not yet. <laughs> Cecil B. DeMille, uh, Johnny and D.D. Ramone from the Ramones. Chris Cornell's buried in this. Uh, cemetery as well. And there's many, many more names.
1: Yeah. A couple that- of victims of the, uh, Mount Washington volcano.
0: Yes, there, they are as well. Uh, so it's a very, it's, it, there's a lot of stars at this cemetery. Anyways, he was buried there with the intention of his body being moved to this memorial. The memorial was never finalized and his family ended up just buying the plot and he stayed where he stayed. So one of the statues was built for him. Um, I'm trying to find the story right now. So one of the statues that was being built for Valentino's memorial um, ended up in D. Longpre Park. It was set up in 1930. And for some reason, a second statue, a bust of the famous actor, was erected in 1979. Valentino never hung out in this park, nor did he know Paul D. Longpre for who the park is named after. But two people have been found dead in the park. One, a 14-year-old girl was found murdered in 1931 on a bench near the statue. And the other was an apparent suicide of a 31-year-old woman in a restroom near the statues. So there's some haunting. I believe this
1: is an image of it I pulled it up on the screen Mm -hmm. for those watching.
0: Interesting. So it's not said to be him, but it could be him that's haunting it. I doubt it because it's just a statue that he had no idea of and everything like that. There is a lot of locations where people like Rudolph Valentino haunts this place, but this building was built 30 years afterwards. We don't know any reason why he would be here. Like, so he is the quintessential guy that we were talking about when we bring up, like people are saying that this celebrity haunts this place, even though he's never been here. Um, and that happens a lot with him. Like you see it. Um, him wandering from where he's buried to the movie studio makes sense to me. Even though he never worked at that movie studio, he's going from the graveyard that he's in and he disappears into the movie studio a lot because completely makes sense. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah. That one makes sense to me. But like when they're like, he haunts this building that was erected 20 years after he died in a place that he never visited. It's like, okay but why
1: yeah, i I just doubt that i i doubt those stories and i would like yeah. to hear like why do you think it is exactly valentino like why why would it be him in particular sure maybe a ghost does haunt your building it's completely yeah. possible absolutely anywhere yeah but what, what, what makes you think it's him and, and why would he be there in the first place
0: yeah um i do think that just sticking with hollywood forever cemetery the the woman in the black veil is such a Great story that it still happens today, and it's I've heard a f- it's not a ghost story though no, but it but it it's part of the legend of Rudolph Valentino right, is right. What, what I would say um, it's been shown in other medias, I think American horror story showed it at one point where they made like his lover a vampire, this whole thing, but the actual story there's a few different versions of it of who they think this woman was one was a girl that was like in a hospital sick at one point and he came and visited her and told her that she was going to live and like gave her the courage or the strength to carry on and because of that she went to his grave every year after after he died until the 1980s and then other people started doing it and she stopped doing it because it became like a like yeah, a traction. Traction. yeah like it wasn't her thing anymore. Um, but that's one story that's not hundred percent confirmed. I think that is the right one and the other one was the his girlfriend that collapsed at his funeral. Some people thought it was her showing up um, every year and mourning on the day of his death. So. Could
1: be. I mean, could be anybody. Could just could be a fan that was doing it, and then right. eventually it just caught on and other people started doing it. Right. And it seems like a rather creepy thing to do, but still, I mean, you're paying respects, leaving roses. I don't think it's a mystery, and I am annoyed that I don't have the information right in front of me, but I was reading about it earlier. Forget her name. It was someone who knew him when, they, when she was alive. When he was alive, sorry. And um,
0: he no, had problems.
1: What's that? She was alive, too. You're not wrong. That's true everyone was alive at one point but um he had made a promise to her or she he asked her to promise him that if he ever died before her that she would visit his you know visit his grave with flowers or something like that and uh she did it every year she'd show up in black every year year after year after year until like it started like catching on and more and more people started doing it and showing up she just she just was like enough and then she stopped doing it and started doing it in private Right, right. If it becomes a thing and it's no longer special, you know, right. because everyone else is doing it, you don't want to be seen as just another person who's doing it just for
0: right. Just to be I another just, one. I think the marry bunch. something. I forget the name. Yeah, should have wrote it down. So <laughs> one of one of my favorite haunted places is the Hollywood Hotel. So it said that he he is said to have hung out in room two sixty four, and if you stay the night, he was supposed to appear next to your bed and give you a kiss. Rudolph Valentino died in. I think it was 1926, off the top of my head, right around there. Yeah. You want to know what year the Hollywood Hotel was raised? Mm-hmm. 1956. Oh yeah, so 30 years later. Oh, actually, no, what? that was raised. That means it was changed. It was so t- raised was toned down. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it was around actually. So he disregard that. However, uh, I misread. Um, that. That's okay. What a,
1: what a cute but ghost like, story. Let's though. let's 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 take this theory and let's say that it was something that was built mm-hmm. in 1956 what was there, you know, like, what was, the question would be, what was there before, right? Right. He's haunting this new building, what was there before,
0: you know. And that's Um, what, that's the problem. You get into some of the ones on the buildings that he um, haunts afterwards. So I think uh, the Knickerbocker is one. It says that the Knickerbocker didn't open until June 1929, almost three years after Valentino's death. But still, there are stories, states that he haunts the place.
1: However, should, at, uh, with that one, that one ties in with the, the one that I touched on earlier. The, they think that they're confusing that one, which is real close by to the, this, like, I guess he had some involvement with a speakeasy over there in the area. So they're thinking that they're confusing that one. He doesn't actually haunt there. He actually haunts like across the street or something. So yeah, we don't have to get into the, the details of it. I, I think with, with this one, you have, like you have with all celebrity hauntings that we've mentioned on a few of these now is you have places that are using this haunting to be like, Hey, hey look at us. We're haunted by this ghost and this, you know, this really famous ghost just to try to get some attention. And you get a lot of that in every aspect when it comes to celebrities. So, but, with that being said, Rob, do you think that this uh, celebrity haunting is legitimate? Do you think that his ghost is still
0: roaming around? I, I like to think that the, that the cemetery one is real. I like to think that the Falcon's lair one and maybe some of his other homes I'm I'm not particular on the other ones. The Falcon's Lair one had the the best, like, in-depth story. So that seemed like it was the most realistic of, of the ones that it would be. So I say yes. I think there's a lot of – but I think more than any other celebrity we've covered is that people are trying to perpetuate that he's at their location to try to, like, just say that he's there as it goes. Right. I really like the story of his dog haunting – the cemetery, the, the dog cemetery, the pet cemetery though. Um, mm-hmm. And the way I would think that story happened is people, he was very attached to his dogs, by the way, I didn't get into this. Like he loved his dogs. Like he was a very passionate um, dog owner. And what I think probably happened is people would go to lay roses or whatever on the dog's grave as well. And people would see like, hey, that looks like K Bar. That's that's Valentino's dog. Maybe it had a distinctive mark. So throughout the years, it probably just every time this ghost of a dog was seen, they thought it was K Bar. And right, but I thought that yeah, was a fun story too.
1: It's a fun one. Uh, that one, I, I don't know. You're at a pet cemetery. If there are ghost dogs, it could be
0: any any dog there. So who knows? But right, but if right, it's passed found- down from, from you know a time of someone knowing them, so like if you if one ghost is called something for a hundred years and you don't do any research, you're just going to say, Oh, well this person said it was this one. And you know, it's sort of telephone, but it's passed down. It's oral history at that point.
1: Right. Yeah. Not, I'm not discounting it. Yeah. Um, yeah I, I think like we said there there's, there's definitely way too much bullshit surrounding a lot of these stories, but I mm-hmm. think the ones that you had mentioned that especially the ones that you kept just in the episode alone seem to be legitimate. So I, I would, I would rule on the side of yes, but definitely not every story is a yes involved with uh with this haunting so if you google his ghost or look in some of these websites a lot of it's like well why is that his ghost and why would he be there right it's just yeah there, there's too many yeah. that are that are uh nonsense but overall do i think he could still be haunting yeah i do Dave? and and if i do and if it is it better be at the falcon's lair because that's just too, <laughs> too cool of a name not to be haunted Dave? right i'm most skeptical of the celebrity ghosts for the reasons that we've said on past episodes it's just mm-hmm. um People, they, they idolize these people, and when they die, they don't want to let go of it. So, um, and this one, I think, is possibly the most extreme case of that that we've talked about, where people are yeah. actually literally committing suicide and <laughs> fleeing themselves into volcanoes uh, over, the, over the loss of it. So, I think that uh, level of sensationalization is uh, just indicative of the fact that people were just refusing to let go. So, I'm, I'm, I'm leaning towards no on this one. And it was, uh, you know, the early 1920s. People are more like way more superstitious then than they are later on. So I just think that, uh, and, you know, none of these ghost stories struck me as like, I like the dog one, but, you know. You don't uh, think that
0: all of the accounts from the Falcon's Lair are pretty in depth? Like all the other ones I can guess who's not going to the Falcon's Lair with us? Yeah, you're definitely not coming to the Falcon's Lair. But you don't think, like, as party ever, as some of those stories are, like, I think those are some of the, the most like impressive stories of celebrity ghosts that we got because they're so detailed of the people that saw the ghost and wouldn't come back. And, you know, some like you said, the dog one, and there's just a lot of documentation of people seeing his spirit, walking through the house and being too scared to stay there. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's,
1: it's true. Those, those are good stories, but I mean, at the same time, we're talking about a much more superstitious time and people are walking, you know, people are walking into, uh, I I don't know. For,
0: for me, it's just fuck you, Dave. That's what I have to say. Just fuck you. You st- never get into the Falcons lair with us. <laughs> He's never coming. You're He's not taking- coming to the Falcons lair.
1: So uh, drop in the comments below. What do you guys think? Do you think that the ghost of Valentino is still haunting these places? Would you go to the Falcons lair with me and Dave and I'm sorry, me and Rob? Oh, no, Dave. 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 Dave no, don't Dave don't at the Falcons lair. Know. Yeah. No, Dave, at the Falcons Lair today. Uh, let's take a quick break here to thank our patrons. We have our VIPs, Jimmy H., Justin T., Lisa J., Mom & Pops, Wilkins, and Stephen V. Other patrons include Jake V., Mike B., Stephanie A., Sydney B., Anthony Angry, Dave Rocks T., Brandon W., Captain McSlugs, Cody G., Kirily J., Mark M., Matthew T., Mariah M., Papa Squatch, Rachel B., Sarah, Dave Loves Bacon, R., Sarah W., Soph M., and Hooper. Thank you guys so much if you want to get your name on this prestigious list, then just go ahead, swing by our Patreon. Patreon.com slash Hometown Ghost Stories. And uh, for as little as $3 a month, you can join this very, uh, very prestigious bunch of people. Yes.
0: They're all Fine great folks. people. Yep. Good, good people. They're all invited to the Falcon's Lair.
1: They are invited to the Falcon's you Lair. You
0: want to bring me to the Falcon's Lair to try and sway me.
1: <laughs> we don't well, you do not, to not want to. I want that quote on a shirt. You should want to bring me to the Falcon's <laughs> Lair. <laughs>
0: Oh man! Uh, anything else, well, gentlemen? That's that's gonna probably do it for me.
1: Yes. So um, coming up Tuesday, back with live episode, and as we alluded to in our last episode, plenty of stuff. So it's October. <laughs> we have, uh...
0: That's the most vague.
1: That's all I could do at this point. I don't know what the schedule <laughs> is. We got a lot of stuff coming out. It's October. Stay tuned.
0: It's it's uh, we it's got good. something coming up, and then we got stuff. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. No it is most likely mid October if you're listening to this right now. You don't know. Maybe maybe somebody maybe somebody found us ten years later in March, Dave. How the oh, fuck yeah. do you know? They're
1: just in the Falcons lair like, oh god, I'm That'll here That'll be nine and a half years later. <laughs> at least I'm safe from MMA Dave showing up to the Falcons later. <laughs> Alright, gentlemen, <laughs> where's the Falcon? <laughs> That's about it for this one. Can you tell we're on three episodes today? We're <laughs> three fucking episodes today, we're just tapped out. Alright, we'll talk to you guys next time. See ya.